It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. On top of the Westgate Bridge. <laughs> Uh, hello, hello and welcome to a very special Halloween edition of oh. They Came to Play. I have no idea if there'll be another Halloween reference in this entire podcast, but it is <laughs> this weekend. Oh no, uh, we're, in, we're all in full costume. This is yeah, yeah, we are. We're all dressed up. Uh, hello, Danny McGinley. Hello, here I am as uh, Princess Grace of Monaco. That's who I've, I've dressed oh, up as. Prince, I've dressed. Wondering. I've dressed as one of the bad guys in, um, or one of the soldiers in Squid Game. Yes, you which look is great. a very popular uh, uniform this year. And we should bring in uh, broadcasting uh, legend of many, many years who I used to listen to. On mornings on Triple J wow. back in the early 90s and who I loved and is a mad St Kilda fan, Francis Lee. Hey, Lima. Hey, Dan. I've dressed as an St Kilda fan because every day is a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> as a Saints fan. So I just had to come as I was. Oh, I, Did can, I got something about the Saints. Oh, here we go. I got yeah. told by a St Kilda supporting friend that apparently uh, at the exit meeting this uh, year, the last thing that Rats, uh, Brett Ratton said to the group was just wrote on the whiteboard, why not us? He's stolen that from somewhere else, you know. Western Bulldogs, 2016. Uh, who stole it from where? How dare you, sir? Boston Red Sox, 2004. So if you see oh. the if you see the one day in October doco. Of four that, days in October. <laughs> one day, four days in October. Great, one day, great one one. day in September, four days in October. Um, <laughs> there's a reference of that in, in that incredible ALCS uh, series against the Yankees. I will say this. One if you've else. never seen a 30 for 30, oh. that is the best one to start with. It's my favourite. Four days in October. Yeah. You know what? I still haven't watched that one. Really? That's the one I haven't watched. Well, there's a treat waiting for you right well, there. And uh, you know what? Because for some reason, you know, sometimes you'd go and you're like, nah, I don't know about that. It's the same as the Four Falls of Buffalo. For years, I just skimmed past it and went, nah, nah. Everyone likes that. I'm not watching that. And it's, then, and then like, I watched it and I was like, oh, my God, that story is incredible. Yeah. It's like Game of Thrones. Everyone was on it. I'm going, oh, I've missed that boat. But it's but also they're 30 for 30s <laughs> as if they're going to make a shit 30 for 30. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I watched one last night that you recommended. Did you watch the one I recommended? I did indeed. Okay. P- hit pause on that for one second. Okay. Last <laughs> night, Danny texts me, says, wife and kids are out. Can you recommend a 30 for 30? Now, if someone asks you that question, Francis Leach, what would you – which sporting doco would you point them to? Oh, look, I would have gone four days in October because yep. it's right up there as my all-time favourite yep. sports docos. Yeah. Uh, which did you go for? I recommended Into the Wind, Ooh. which is the Terry Fox yes. story, the amputee. I'd never heard any of this. Terry so Fox. I went in totally uh, clean. Who decided in 1978 or something, or Roughly. 82, something like that. Yep. Uh, just to run across Canada, because why wouldn't you? If you've got one prosthetic leg, and we're talking about late seventies technology here <laughs> on your prosthetic too, by the way, it was made of polystyrene. This isn't. This isn't. A was cu- it scratch and sniff? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very late seventies. <70s. laughs> This isn't a comfy little blade that's just nestling beautifully yes. into your sort of lower quad. Yeah. This is a high amputation on his leg. Oh, yeah, totally and up to the hip. Uh, Danny, what did you think of it? Man, it was, it was beautiful. Do you, do you want to tell the listeners what, what your text actually said? Uh, my text said, I said, watch Into the Wind, and then immediately after I text, you're going to need a 
<laughs> you're going to need tissues. You're going to need a box of tissues. And, uh, <laughs> and then in the line after that, I said, <laughs> for all the masturbating you're about to Yes. Do. <laughs> <laughs> so people are now instantly going to Pornhub looking for Into the Wind, and I don't imagine oh. that there's something yeah, really, really that. obscene if you do that. Um, so this guy ran a marathon every day for like 150 days. Oh, wow. With one leg. With one leg. <laughs> it's the most insane. Unbelievable. I've, I've, I cry a lot during sporting documentaries, right? They are my... Yeah, they get you. They're my weakness. And that... I bawled my eyes out start to finish Mm. of that doggo. It is just incredible. The pain and his mate... And his mate's getting upset filming him because he sees how much... His mate's in the van. But you've you've seen it, Francis. His mate is getting upset. About the uh, it's, it's too the other much. one I would recommend from that series is is the two Escobars as a football fan the oh, story yeah. of uh, uh, the uh, young Pablo player, Escobar Pablo Escobar and the young Escobar who who played for uh, Colombia at the nineteen ninety four World Cup he was shot subsequent to the event and the true story behind that which you know, everyone just assumed that he was shot because he missed the uh, missed the goal in in the group stage but it was it's more complicated than that but it, it's a really brilliant insight to what Colombia was like at that time and I guess we see the uh, shows like Narcos and those sorts of things who talk about it now but this is yeah. you get a sense of just how intense it was for those Colombian players at and, the time and he was the captain yes as well so brilliant it's not young just player. Yeah. he wasn't just another player he was the captain and it. And one of these great these story, it's like they're scripted, but they're bloody real. I just love them. I'm a romantic, right? Yeah. The captain committed Catholic, hated the influence drugs had on Colombia, yeah. hated the influence that Pablo Escobar had over the Colombian national team. Pablo Escobar, also a Catholic, by the way. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, well. I can never agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then you've got Escobar, who's just luring all the players with money and zoos and all just crazy shit everywhere, you know. And all the players, of course, they're being lured because they're in a really poor country. And who doesn't uh, want a zoo? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what you don't have? You don't have yours. I couldn't. I, I, I missed Mate. a shot in the group stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're lucky you're here. Yeah. And you know another one like that where you just say you could not have scripted this better is the Nancy Kerrigan Tonya Harding story. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the re- the beautiful college girl from a rich family against the you know this half working class girl who's working. still you know uh, you, the, you're talking about the film the the actual biopic they are the 30 for 30 oh the 30 for 30 yeah. both of them oh, are great the, but yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. And the, the film's great as well Margot it's Robbie brilliant. was an excellent Tonya Harding yeah, brilliant yeah, yeah. It's, it, we've talked about this uh, I found it Limo you mentioned it on the, the podcast a fair bit but I, I did find it there's a 30 for 30 um, uh, a satire a satirical 30 for 30 oh, yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. Space Jam <laughs> and it only goes it's for so, like 10 minutes it's so good <laughs> And it's been, what what other sporting movies should get their own fictional thirty for thirty? I'm gonna I'm gonna open it with uh, my favourite sporting movie, okay. which Limo's never seen: basketball. Basketball. We need the story yeah. of the Milwaukee Beers <laughs> and their, their the way that they won the Denver Trophy. Yeah, <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, great one. Well, the Mighty, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I. What about uh, what's the um. The doco with the three, the ice hockey one with the three brothers who slapshot, slapshot, slapshot. Oh, I've not seen slapshot. Oh wow, you are in for a treat. It's oh, a cracking yes. film. It is a great film, and yeah. slapshot is referenced a bit in the in a recent doco that's gone up on Netflix about a ice hockey team uh, in New Jersey. Have you seen this one? No, no. Um, love an ice hockey film. For a sort of minor sport-ish, produces many a great film. It, well, this one, it's a so it's a documentary yeah. in two thousand and four. This ice hockey team was bought by a mob boss 
right? And he gave it to his 17-year-old son. He said, there you go, you have it. So you've got a 17-year-old son. Has to a, wait till he's 18 to get till he gets his zoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a 17-year-old son of a mob boss who has an ice hockey team. And the story as it unfolds from there is incredible. And what happens is they get this really dedicated following of freaking crazy fans. <laughs> but there's a, there's a strike in the NHL. Oh, okay, yes. so all the NH pl- players are on the loose. So they get these guys from the Rangers who are proper top. <laughs> so this is the one league below. Yeah. Right? Right, okay. This so it's is not the NHL, it's the, one of the b- leagues below this that. The, this is the Sheffield Shield of Yeah, ice yeah, and they bring in, or the, you know, or the VFL or whatever, and they bring in these proper players. And there's this one guy from the Rangers who's being interviewed. He goes, I had no idea what I was in for. Oh, I've got to see this. It's, it's just, great. It's incredible. <laughs> I it's did incredible. a gig with a Canadian comedian called Craig Campbell uh, oh, yeah. over in the UK, yeah, who Craig is Campbell, an yeah. absolute nut job. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but he told me what he, his trick and all of his mates did when he played competitive ice hockey. He never made NHL or anything. But uh, they would get razor blades. And, and, and as soon as I heard razor blades, I panicked. But all they would do is they would just – cut these tiny slits in their gloves so you could then put your fingers through the hole. So, Liam, if you could sort of explain. You oh, put yeah. your hand on your opponent like oh, that. Oh, yes. And it looks like your hand flat on your opponent's chest. Yeah, and it looks like you got it, but really you can grab their shirt, but the hand stays flat because you're going through the holes. Oh, And then right. you can, like, really so, okay. belt them. So, there, because when you first said Now, that's a jumper job. punch. That's, yeah. that, is, that is a jumper punch. This In the <laughs> the first game this franchise ever plays in this doco, the mob boss is there, of course. He sends a message down to the toughest guy on the team. He goes, as soon as the puck hits the ice at the start of the game, gloves off and hook in. <laughs> so you see it. So it's all filmed, of course. So the, the puck touches the ice and you see this guy, bang, gloves off and just starts belting opposition players. Now, has anyone seen this in real life? I read when I was a kid, and I've always wanted to see it, that apparently blood that comes out of a human when it first – if you belt someone in an ice hockey rink, mm. the blood actually bounces on the ice because of the temperature differentiation. Uh, I have watched a lot of Dexter and I can't remember <laughs> blood on ice. Right. Listeners, genuinely, if anyone's got footage of this on YouTube or in, if you can confirm or deny, please let us know on the socials. Does blood bounce off ice? Yeah, and can we see it? This is like yeah. a curiosity show now. <laughs> Does blood bounce on ice? Um, but anyway, love a good sporting oh, One other I'll mention is called Once in a Lifetime, which is a documentary about a similarly crazy story in that part of the world in the late 70s when – a bloke who was uh, owned Warner Records was obsessed with soccer, with football, and decided to create a New York soccer team, the New York Cosmos, before the American, oh, the NLS took right. off the original one. Yeah. And so signed a little player called Pele. So it was a classic American <laughs> thing where they go, right. how do we get this team started? And he just goes, well, who's the best player in the world? <laughs> Oh, he's got this Brazilian guy called Pele. And he goes, well, let's go get him. And that took him about four or five times, you know, tries to get him. But they do. Yeah. And when they start out in this field in uh, in Brooklyn in some junkyard nowhere, yeah. and by the end of the first year they're filling football stadiums and, you know, it goes through a huge peak in, of success and then it falls off. But what's great about it is you get to see them in full regal, in full New York late 70s regal, including their own table at Studio 54, the whole oh, thing. Yeah. And it's just a great little window on a world that, you know, you I've, can't imagine. And I imagine, I imagine Pele at that point, because his career is essentially over there. Yeah, for he's all, at the back end For all intents yeah. and purposes, he would have just loved cashing in yeah. on a bit of glory oh, in New York City. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Do you know how many clubs Pele played for, Limo? 
Uh, Pop I, quiz, hot I, shot. I have absolutely no idea. Francis, do you I know? I don't know that answer. No. Two. Yeah. Two. His home club uh, in Brazil yeah, right. and New York Cosmos. Cosmos. Oh, good and on I, him. at that point, yeah. he wasn't doing erectile dysfunction ads. I'm sure he was doing just fine without that stuff in New York <laughs> in the, at Studio 54. I suspect he was going all right. <laughs> Man, old, old Pele. But, but still, how, how good's the Pele stiffy spray? <laughs> Do you know once I did a corporate gig for Heidelberg United, the, the great football club? Great football club. Legendary uh, Australian soccer club. So it was the, the eve of the 2014. World Cup and it was the big sort of World Cup party and mm. I did I did ten minutes of stand up and it went okay. They had um, a coach from Stoke City over someone who was like Steve Bruce's assistant. Stoke City had coaches. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. And one of the main Thugs. one of the main <laughs> things of entertainment was they had two uh, club legends uh, have a debate who's better, Pele or Maradona. Oh. It it ended with them punching on. Yeah. <laughs> These are things worth dying for. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> they were That's screaming great. at each other. Go, hey, you'll let me finish. You shut up about Maradona. He was <laughs> crap. Pele never left <laughs> Brazil. Right, that's it. Bang. <laughs> Oh, I love the passion. I love uh, the passion. Actually, speaking of great sporting docos, oh, that Maradona doco. Oh, yeah. You know, I'd been as a non, you know, I'm not what you would call a student of the game. So you guys are students of soccer or the yeah, world yeah. game, right? I mean, of course I knew Maradona was good and of course I knew he did incredible things at Napoli. But when you watch that, I mean, they were in Shitsville and they won a European championship. That is just unbelievable. It really is. is. And you see him and you realise just how dirt poor that city was at the time. Yeah. And how much they loved him and how he so involved himself with that community and was you know, would get, turn up to mm. you know like community football. The whole thing is incredible. Made by the same person who made Senna. That it, that's another, great, another incredible great documentary. Yeah. We, we, now, we, yeah, which one, there's a few. Film. There's a few Maradona documentaries, and I've I've definitely watched one that I loved, and I'm just trying to work out was oh, it the right one. Do you know what this one's called? I think it's called Maradona. It's called Maradona. There's All right, a, there's it's not another I am Diego. one. That, no, it's not I am Diego. There is another one that follows him to Mexico. Have you watched that one? No. Where Maradona go, in Mexico, available on Netflix. There we go. Maradona in Mexico. Maradona Film Festival this weekend. Uh, so Diego Maradona is on Netflix. Maradona, The Hand of God. You have to. Uh, it's not available anywhere. Get it on VHS. Uh, Maradona, Blessed Dream, not available anywhere. Maradona, The Greatest Ever. ever. I, I, think, I guess that's a podcast. It's just, it's just called Maradona is okay. the doco you want to see. It used to be on the, stand. The Mexican one's interesting. It's a little bit like... Pelé going to New York, yes. where it's like this some B League, and it's in Sinaloa, which is the heart of drug country as well. What a surprise! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe Lima, you've got to call it Mexico now. You can't just call it drug country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he uh, a fun stat about Mexico for you in a sec. Ooh, and uh, he goes there, and it's like some B level comp. It's not the A. And where this guy just went, oh, we'll go for, we'll see if we can get Maradona. Same thing, and Maradona says yes. And he goes and coaches this team. Anyway, the the, the doc, doc is fascinating, but it just made me a bit sad. I was just looking at this bloke who is arguably the greatest soccer player ever, and I'm just going, I just wish it wasn't. You didn't made have some, to be like this. Wish he made some better choices. Yeah, yeah. Is this is this, is it going to be like this when we see Daniel Sturridge pull on the boots for <laughs> Perth Glory this year? <laughs> exactly like this. So, uh, so you, when you're when you're in it, so like oh, I saw Del Piero come to Sydney, no, and I'm like, oh, man. amazing. People in Italy would have been going, oh, no, do you really? Know do you know, I went to a game at San Siro, which is the home of Inter Milan and AC Milan, mm. and in the like souvenir stand, there was Sydney FC tops. 
because people love Del Piero so much, and you could buy his, yeah. the official Del Piero. To his credit, he actually played really, really well, and he gave everything he had while he was here mm. in Australia. It was a really great stage. There was one game he didn't play, and that's against Limo's Adelaide United. Uh, yes, it was a New Year's Eve away game, and <laughs> clearly he just went, oh, "Yeah, no, I'm not leaving <laughs> Sydney on New Year's Eve no. to go and play in Adelaide." <laughs> I've got, be- I've got better things to do New Year's yeah. Eve. He's, he's uh, very briefly in a great documentary about Juventus and the cheating scandal yes. in the early 2000s. <laughs> Which well, one? What a great story that is. So, <laughs> but just just directly like heavy-handing ref- referees. We're going to have to put appalling out a- de- But you know what I love about that, Doggo, is they go, okay, here are the refs, here's the game, we'll show you the decisions. And it's like so delicious watching these terrible decisions when you know the ref's on the take. The retro rewind on corrupt sport. Yeah, when when do they bring in uh, retrospective VAR and just change some results in football? Wouldn't that be great? Well, let's go back to the 2009 grand final and take that uh, that guy (laughs) on Tom Hawkins who's clearly (laughs) smacks into the post. I'm going even further back and go on the 97 prelim when Tony Liberatore hit... uh, The airing of grievances... Begun. Okay, <laughs> it's the imperfection of sport that yes. makes it so glorious. Yeah, of course you say that. You've lost one grand final in your life. Yeah, I know, and that one is an imperfection. <laughs> so let's not forget that. Um, so anyway, good coverage of sports docos. Yes, uh, we're going to have to put out a fact sheet after this of all of the things and where you can find we, them. We will whatnot. indeed. Hey, my fun Mexico fact before oh, I forget. Yeah. Uh, so... There are about 30,000 murders in Mexico a year, okay. right, as we know. Question for you both. How many gun shops are there in, in Mexico? How many gun shops? How many gun shops? Uh, and how many uh, play, different places can you buy guns? Is this a trick question? They're, like, illegal? And there's a zero? There is one gun shop in Mexico. It's must, busy. And must. it is. <laughs> and, and it's. Yeah, the queue is around the block. <laughs> it's, run, it's run by one old couple. They won't hire any staff. <laughs> All right. Really, Pablo, guys? Come on. Pablo, <laughs> this man I want the Colt 45. I don't know why she's Italian. <laughs> I'll check out the back. Um, one gun shop, and it's on a military base. So I suspect if anyone needs to build a wall, it's Mexico <laughs> needs to build yeah. it to keep the Americans out <laughs> as opposed to the other way around. Um, all right, let's talk about some sport that's happening. In fact, yes. before we get to sport that's happening, <laughs> pop quiz for you two. Oh, yes. The Good. Herald Sun this week oh, yeah, 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 put yeah. out a list of its top 50 AFL media performers. <laughs> okay. So not just commentators, media that is perform- the. I'll read it again. Top 50 AFL media performers. I think officially (laughs) that is what you call bottom of the barrel. I think you can see the sticker on the bottom of the barrel when you stick your head in the tin because... Uh, No, when I was writing columns for the Herald Sun, (laughs) I I, I got one pitched at me of, uh, give us the uh, top 10 worst haircuts in the AFL. And I went, no. Uh, (laughs) Wow, so Uh, the media talking about the media. This is part of the reason why I'm no longer in the media. Okay, (laughs) yeah. So this is how it starts... So Scotty Gullen, who I quite like, yeah, Scotty Scott Gullen. Scotty's a great fella. He's surely on the list. Did he put himself on yeah, well, he's, well, it's his, it's, yeah, it's his article. He said, this is how it starts. It's called a hospital handball in the business. Let's do a top 50 media performance, the boss says. Oh, he goes, okay. uh, yes, is the initial response. It's soon, be, soon to become clear it's not a hint. So he's distancing himself <laughs> immediately wow. from this in the article. That's like the script of a hostage video. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, it goes on and... 
There is the list. So let's Ooh. to keep it simple. Oh, let's already, go. Is anyone in this room on the list? Did we make it, Lee? Did we? <laughs> I sure. I, I sort of, in an indirect kind of way, am on the list. Oh, only because the picture of Tom Brown in the picture with Tom Brown, I'm with him. Wow, <laughs> you snuck in the corner there. Yeah. Oh, you are oh, too. Nice. There you are. They have to guess which one's Tom. <laughs> <laughs> That's me with uh, Tom Brown there. Coming, Tom Brown coming in at 48. So let's oh, he'll, just, be, he'll be gutted. Uh, he'll be uh, gutted. Yeah. Well, I did. You can mark, you can say whether it's too high or too low. I said he was too low. He should be much higher. Okay. Should we do podium? So Are let's do, let's do, let's do top five. Top okay. five. Okay. This Ooh. is a top five that uh, the Herald Sun have decided. Uh, AFL media performance. Okay. Performance. Are we supposed to guess or are we just reacting? No, I want you to guess. Okay. Well, my f- we've talked about how we think, both Limo and I think, one of the most underrated footy commentators is Anthony Hudson. Is Number he- five. Oh, well yes. Well done, Danny McGinley. I, I th- Al Nicholson's an underrated commentator oh, yes. too, yes, I believe. What a He's much higher on the list. He's about 40 or something. Oh, he deserves to be higher than that, Al. You know who, sure. uh, you know who I think is a brilliant commentator who just – Deserves a lot more love is Quentin Hull. I don't Quentin, know if you've he's a gal. I've worked with Quentin many times over yeah. the years. Superb commentator. He's very, very good commentator. Versatile too, because Quentin can do rugby league, AFL, uh, cricket, really fine cricket caller as well. You know when he really stood out to me is at the Invictus Games. Yeah. When you come in, you don't know, like you literally know not one thing about, and with some of the sports you don't know anything either. He was he was superb. So, Limo, does this listing also include former footballers as pundits? And, and yes, it yes, does. absolutely. Okay. So, I so in saying that... So, two Carl Langdon doing the Doors Plus ads? Do they get in there? <laughs> uh, two, of, two of the remaining four you would perhaps categorise. Okay, so I would way. say one of those might be Captain Nick Rewalt. Number four. Wow. Look at us, two from well two. Done. Well <laughs> done. He has uh, transferred or you know, made the transition seamlessly from being one of the finest players ever, if not the finest player ever to wear red, white and black, uh, and into the media. He's, he's done a d- great job. He's done a great job. A very likeable individual, yeah. Nick Rewa. Love Nick. Uh, so, well done. You've gone 5-4. Go. Let's see if you can go 3-2-1 now. Here we go. Remembering this is a Herald Sunless, can I ask a question? Is it is it is it generous to competing media? Uh, well, yeah. is, I don't next, think Daniel Cherney's on the, the list. Next, <laughs> yeah, of the next three, only number three writes for the Herald Sun. Okay, okay, so this is a Herald Sun writer. Okay, oh, Andrew Bolt. <laughs> is it Fred Bassett? Is it, no, it's Peter Credlin comes in at number three. <laughs> I, I, no, I actually did like her article about the reason the Bulldogs lost the grand finals because of Dan Andrews. So. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is, it, is it Robbo? Uh, Mark Robinson. I'll tell you, this is impressive, guys. You've gone five, four, three. Robbo, who um, has been unwell. Um, hopefully, he's recovering yeah. at the moment. Yeah, he had a. Wish him all the best. I, I don't know if this is public knowledge. What's but he's yeah, had good heart, say, heart say, it on, say it on the podcast then. Yeah, okay. Well, he's had heart, heart troubles. A yeah. lot of people. He have was been very, very well. sick. He's, been, he's, he's, he's on the men, so hopefully he'll be back at the start of next year. But uh, once again. Uh, worked a lot with Mark over the years and respect him enormously. And there are a number of times when Mark has has really stamped himself out as a thinker uh, and someone prepared to stand up for the values that I hold and around. If you see the Goods documentary... Um, it's, Robbo is amazing. He was extraordinary. Well, and it was a really difficult thing for him to do, but it was um, he was true to his values. It came from the heart and he stood his ground. He didn't buckle he really under did. the, sort of the, the pressure that came his way. And it's easy 
years later yeah. to go, well, that person should have said this and that person should have said that. It's very difficult in the moment to stand your ground when you are, you, you know, the t- the tide of noisy public opinion was not on Robbo's side it wasn't, back then. So, sadly, sadly. He, yeah. History will vindicate Mark, so yeah. he deserves to be vouch. in the top three. He's a very good person because we go to the same dentist and my dentist talks very highly of him, says he's lovely to all the staff at all times. I will look at his teeth a lot more closely next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if they're as bad as mine. I'm not a great advertisement for the I'd, dentist. I'd never earmarked Robbo as a great teeth guy. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. well, when he comes back in the new year with those bright white choppers, it looks like he's. <laughs> yeah. I say dentist, it's makeover. a bloke in a car park <laughs> in Clifton Hill. Uh, okay, two and one. Ooh, I'll be well we impressed go. if you can continue now, this streak. Now, I know that there's a controversial one, either in number two or number one, because this is the one thing I've heard about it is. Um, okay. Is is no, I suspect then I'm going to help you out a little bit. I suspect Thank it's you. number one then. If there's oh, okay, controversy, all right. all right, that means we've got to. So number one then is so, just so Francis is Gary Lyon, correct? Yes, I heard that. Number two, Caroline. No. What? No. That list ain't. You worth- fucked us, Leach. <laughs> we're, uh, on, we're on a roll. Caro Wilson is not in the top five. Caro is. I'll, I'll be, without giving away number two. Yep. I'll go down the top 10. Jonathan Brown at 10. Yep. Jason Dunstall, Carolyn Wilson at 8. David King at 7. James Brayshaw at 6. Oh, all right. Stop the presses. And then, all right. No, I'm not letting you go any further before we deal with this issue. If you are telling me that James Brayshaw has more insight and more, I guess, influence on the game of Australian rules football and reporting it, commentating it, and shaping the way the game has developed over the last 20 to 30 years and continues to do so than Carolyn Wilson, I that's it. I quit. <laughs> that can't okay. be true. Anyway, Francis, Francis you quit I'll about back, five I'll go years back ago. to the title of the top 50. <laughs> media <laughs> performance. <laughs> media performance. Performance. Oh, okay. Because okay. JB is a very good broadcaster. A, I, you can't – You can't. I, J- okay. I just – JB anyway. isn't – he is an excellent broadcaster. But do you know who I would and put I quite, above him? I like his commentary Come too, on. to be honest with you. Do you, know who I, do you know who I would put definitely above him, above all of those people? Jonathan Brown. I think number 10 is very unfair on Brownie. I, I love it when he's serious on On the Couch. I love it when he's being fun on his Nova Breakfast show. I think he's an all-round talent. And he turns 40 tomorrow. Is which made me 40? Yeah, which makes me hate yeah, him a bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I feel it. so inadequate. Happy birthday, Jonathan. There's nothing more infuriating than successful people <laughs> younger than you. And <laughs> trust me, that list is growing. <laughs> all right. For all, all of us, don't worry. <laughs> um, all right, number two. All right, uh, hang you, on, hang on. I haven't had my guess. Uh, who do they work for, if I could use my lifeline? Number two is very closely connected to someone else. Number two is very closely connected to number three. Okay, who was number three? <laughs> Robbo. Robbo. Oh, oh, okay, so it's Jared. Jared Whaley. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Fair enough. That makes I like sense. Jared. He's, uh, he's number two. Yeah. So, so Gary your... Lyon above Jared Whaley. Nah. Now, let me give it – now, I'll do a little – Now, was re- this sponsored by SEN? You've got their breakfast show, then their morning show. <laughs> Friends, do... if you'd stayed on afternoons, you would have been the number three. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a little reverse engineering here. I'm going to give you a name. You tell me what number it is. Oh, here we go. This will be – Eddie Maguire. Well, interesting now, isn't it? Because he's he not in the top 10. No. No, I would say he'd be oh, top 15, 12. 20. 22. What? Oh, he'll be hurting about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about Hamish McLaughlin? I oh, see, friend of the show. We lo- I love Hamish. Hamish, Hamish would be my like in my top three. In your top three? Yeah. 
Is he not? That surprises me. He's not in the top ten. I would once again. He'd be eleven, surely. I was. I was shocked he wasn't in the top ten. Yeah, Hamish McLaughlin, thirty-one. No, and he writes for the Herald Sun as well. So it's not given the the amount of uh, football he does on the telly, and um, and you know conducts himself very, very professionally. I'm um, Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Uh, Kelly Underwood. Kelly, it's going to be be low, even though she's great. Yeah. Hey, Hey, who's the? Sorry. Pause just for a Who's the woman who's commentating EPL games, English Premier League games? That I don't know. I haven't She's caught many, many of her games. I heard her again the other morning. But yeah. um, She reminds me of Kelly Underwood. Yeah. So Kelly's got to be top 30? 43. Okay. <sighs> this is. Um, Limo, can I ask, did any comedians get in here? Is like Mick Malloy in there? No, the only person that kind of edges into that territory is Andy Marr, who comes in at 44. Oh, Marr is good. So there's no – no, there are no Mick Malloy or Sam Pang or any – Jeez, that's harsh. Anyone outside of Victoria? <laughs> Surely. Uh, oh, Kane yeah. Corns. Yeah. What? What time is he? Uh, you know what? This Basil Zemplis isn't on the list, which oh. would infuriate Basil. Yeah. Uh, Kane Corns. Yeah, but you know they've probably done a West Australian Kane version. Corns. He's number one. All right, what number is Kane Corns? <laughs> 102. <laughs> 13. There you go. Wow. Up the list. Where's Chad Corns? Chad Corns, he's is Graham on there? <laughs> no, no Graham Corns, no. Uh, so anyway, that's is Corn our, the band there at all? <laughs> that's our uh, interesting one. That's okay. Who would you put as? Who's your top three? Who would you? Who would you guys put as that? I've already put. I'm going to say Hamish McLaughlin. Th- uh, it's interesting because you have to define the terms of what they're looking for. Great performers. What does that actually mean? Does so mean- pe- people I enjoy watching yes, okay. talking Let's about footy. All right, I'll Let's put, go with that. Okay. Uh, I would put, who do I say, number three? Hamish McLaughlin, number three. Daisy Pierce number two. Anthony Hudson, number one. Yeah, that's a good combination. So, like, actual... Surely Daisy's in there. Please mm. tell me Daisy Pierce. Daisy Pierce is, I think she was about 12. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> her, her commentary and her um, insight from the boundary line um, over the last two years has been fantastic. I yeah. actually love it when her, she's paired with someone like JB or BT, who's playing, you know, just being all emotional and everything, and then she'll just come through with actual analysis. Yeah, really tight, strategic understanding of the game yep. and just cuts through with it so you understand what's going on. Yeah, she's a... She's, she's very good. Yeah, very she's good. a ripper. You know what, I like... I really enjoy Hodgie's insights. Yeah, I like Hodgie. When, when it's the right game and the right moment, Hodgie offers up stuff oh, that yeah. you just don't get from other... He understood the game as a player as better than any player that I've seen in terms of coaching yeah. on the field. Yeah. He just knew, as you said, Lemo, you were a Hawthorne man. He could sense the moment in a game when things had to change or he had to do something. Like yes. He wouldn't wait for a runner to come out. He would just do it. You're telling me Brisbane Lions legend Luke Hodge <laughs> played for Hawthorne. I didn't know that. <laughs> didn't know that. He keeps that hidden under the bush. Oh, well, I'd be embarrassed too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Danny, I should have mentioned that in the, in the pre-show meeting. <laughs> so, yeah, I love – I do uh, – I love Hodgie and – Oh, look, I, you know, I enjoy listening to Nick Rewalt and Jonathan Brown as well. Yeah, they're good. Uh, Anthony Hudson, I, I really like. Absolute pro. Uh, and Al, Al Nicholson as well, I'm a fan of. Do you know, I might have told the story on here, when we used to do They Came to Play on the ABC, mm. uh, my wife's relatives in Ukraine, uh, so, you know, they, they clearly heard through my in-laws that I was doing this and they found out a way to tune in. And I got an email from uh, one of my wife's aunts still in uh, Lviv, 
and it said that we tuned into Australian Broadcasting and I want to say there is a man with the most beautiful voice I've ever heard, Al Nicholson. <laughs> oh, wow. Go. Good fans in the he Ukraine. Was, he was just <laughs> mad. Yeah, so I told Al he was quite happy. You never know where the fans are going to pop up. Speaking of great voices for commentators, I, I'll ask you two soccer nuffies. Whenever I watch English Premier League, I feel like the same person is commentating <laughs> every game. That's because you're playing it on PlayStation. That's just yeah. Clive Tilsley. He's always there. Do you think it's there. just a sort of generic sound? I think it, but I love it. I love, but I'm like, honestly, it feels to me like the same person is commentating every game. There's a very, there's a, uh, there's a style. There's a gate. Yeah. And a style and a feel that they, uh, it's exactly the same for all of them. Yeah. I guess the one standout, of course, in, for our generation would be Martin. Martin Tyler is the, yeah. the, the doyen of, of football commentary. Yeah. Simon Hill in Australia is, is, is he's the, ours. yeah, he's superb as well. But there is, it's a way of doing because the game doesn't move as quickly as AFLs. Mm. So there's a way that you have to sort of, and having called a lot of, uh, football, you have to pick up the rhythm of the game and not over-commentate because otherwise you're just getting exhausted because there's no breaks in play. It's a lot of the not significant ones. Yeah. It's just the flow of it. And the really good ones uh, just leave a lot of space. One of the great – Waleed played for me this incredible – because we had been talking about commentary for weeks. Um, it's Waleed Ali. Just you, in general. When you two are hanging out Ali, at, yeah, at yeah. Monash Uni. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was helping him with a paper. And <laughs> – and <laughs> Waleed got for me. He showed it to me on his phone. I wish I'd kept a copy of it. It's Arsenal's last game at Highbury, which you would have watched, Francis. I did definitely watch. And it's the commentators talking over the two teams walking out on the ground and just talking through the history of the stadium, what it means, what a huge moment this is, and they just capture it. And it's just seamless and effortless. It's a. It is an amazing piece of commentary. Yeah, that's when when they get when you get the moment right, and in particularly in that sport, it can be really difficult. So I remember calling the final of the Asian Cup for the ABC when the Socceroos played South Korea, and the one thing you realise is that in AFL, for instance, if you miss. Uh, a player who kicks a goal, you can always sort of correct it because, you know, in an average game of AFL footy, there might be 20, 23 goals scored. Mm. But in football and soccer, there might be one crucial or two crucial moments in the game and you have to make sure that you, for posterity in a big game, yeah. you call it yeah. right. And, you know, it's a lot of pressure. On what you did you call right. Massimo Luongo? What did you call him? He scored the opening uh, goal for Australia. Yeah, what yeah. did you call him? Uh, <laughs> Luongo! <laughs> no, you didn't go, I, I guess that's Harry Kill. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's calling at that stadium too was difficult because it's the Olympic stadium you put set right back in the old uh, ANZ yeah. stadium. So, But yeah, it, so the pressure to get it right and when people get it right, it, it, it is beautiful. It's like, you know, I guess, as an right. Arsenal fan, it, I think of that great moment in 1989 when uh, you know Arsenal score in the last minute against Liverpool to win the title. And the commentator, I forget who it is, just says, as Michael Thomas plays through, he goes, up for grabs now, Michael Thomas, and he scores to win the, to win the game and win the title. But just knowing the right moment to, yeah, to yeah, yeah. just it, beautiful. It's a real skill because you can kill a great moment as well. I've done plenty of that. that. And again, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, have you got one that comes to mind? Like, what's your, what's your, what's your biggest regret commentating? Oh, calling someone, calling uh, Maradona old mate right before he scored. <laughs> and here comes old mate. Here comes old mate. <laughs> um, the, uh, that 1989 documentary oh, yeah. about Arsenal winning that, again. With Colin Firth? Just the, oh, that's the that film Fever the, Pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just the, you know, you had Hillsborough, this huge disaster, yes. which meant that the last game of the Premier League season was played after the FA Cup, yep. which doesn't usually happen. Not at all. It's used, Traditionally, it's the FA Cup's the last game And Liverpool the win the FA Cup. Yep. And then 
to win the Premier League season, they just need to beat you at well, home. Well, they need to just not lose by two goals to nil. Oh, yeah, so Arsenal so needed to win away from home at Anfield uh, by two goals to nil. To you win must the have title. been paying 20 bucks or something to win the Yeah, because title. they'd lost the last couple of games leading into that as well. And, um, yeah, and it was a young Arsenal team that went up to, to Anfield. Nobody gave them a chance, but George Graham was adamant that they could do it, and they did. And off the back of Hillsborough, everyone wanted Liverpool to win. Yes, it was a really intense period in the English game. And it's mm. the last time, when you look at that documentary made by Amy Lawrence, who's a very fine journalist, you see the crowds, and you look at the way the crowd is now, and it's so it's the last of the generation where they packed those crowds in so tight that it was dangerous. You look at it and go, no yeah. wonder there were disasters. Yeah. It, it literally moves like an, like an organism. Yeah. It's really quite... It's, <laughs> Um, it's compelling, but it's bloody scary to look at. One yeah. of my mates is a, a, in the MFB, Metropolitan Fire Brigade, and they say in training they have to watch the footage of the Hillsborough disaster oh, cool. just to show how fire moved and how, you know, pretty much what not to do. Yeah. Which is, so yeah. it's used in formal training. It's, uh, yeah, it's an incredible, incredible documentary, that one. 89, check it out if you can. 89. I also watched uh, uh, At the End of the Storm about the Liverpool drought-breaking year, which was very well made. Uh, for you know, even if, if you're not. Oh, do you know what else I watch? Have you watched the Bombers documentary on Ko or on Foxtel? No. <laughs> Why would I watch that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why would I what watch he that? said? Exactly. That's <laughs> the last thing I have any interest in watching. Well, so I watched I the. Just <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be insane. <laughs> I will go back and watch the last three Police Academy movies over and over, hey, number five's over okay. again before I would go anywhere near. Yeah, fair. I, I felt that way about the Richmond one. But I, I watched the Essendon one a, a bit last night and uh, confirmed a lot of uh, theories I had about uh, Essendon. So is this focused on Sheeds predominantly? Or uh, it, no, is episode the three the will be. This oh, one's it's the 150th anniversary? Of yeah, the this one's about Dick Reynolds and uh, and and just the, the formation of the club. And this, you, you already don't like Essendon, Limo. I'll make you hate them even more. No, okay. Okay, they were so Protestant that uh, they were the only football club in the league who were... Uh, when they would have their end of season, uh, you know, functions, the soft drink bill totally outweighed the alcohol bill. I mean, Seriously. what an unlikable! <laughs> <laughs> if you just needed one more piece of evidence, <laughs> oh, how do you wash down your peptides? Oh, with a solo. <laughs> <laughs> Slam it down fast, <laughs> whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever it takes. Oh, you're gonna get the hate mail oh, now. My favorite, no, my right. you know, my favorite ever. This is just one of the greatest lines in a press conference ever. When James Herb was appointed <laughs> you coach, you love this. You bring I this up it because it's at least so once right, a month, <laughs> right? And so Francis, if you can remember, he holds his first ever press conference off the back of Matthew Knights. It's a disaster at Essendon, right? And James, they'd ask him about where, you know, what direction they're going to go. And James Hurd says, well, this club is at rock bottom. I thought, well, someone fire up the jackhammer because <laughs> James is about to deal yeah. a little further. Get Bruce Willis from Armageddon because he is going to drill down <laughs> oh, deeper mate. and yeah. set off a nuke. We're, gonna, we're going for Middle Earth here. Oh, they made the finals this year. Thank God your team beat them. I couldn't yeah, no. bear an Essendon win in, oh, in mate, the final. What imagine Essendon win? beating your team to win their first final. Some One club out there... That is in their future. Oh, it'll be some Kilda, don't worry. We, 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 we're always the gateway to other people's glory. That's <laughs> true. Hey, let's talk baseball before yes, we let's finish do that. up. Yeah, what's happening? Right now, we are watching uh, it's top of the ninth, game two uh, between the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros, the World Series. Uh, looks like Houston are going to tie it up, so it'll be one game each. Yep. Now, 
Francis Leach, you're a famous uh, baseball fan. You were part of the formation of the Melbourne Aces. Yes, I was on the board there for a little while. That's um, exciting. And one of the best things I've ever done in my broadcast career was call a couple of Major League Baseball games. It's still an absolute oh, highlight for you me. You called Major League Baseball Yeah, because I came to Sydney in 2014, the opening right. series between the, the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. So I yeah. got to go to Sydney and call that for ABC Radio. Amazing. Which was, an ex- as, a, as a baseball fan, yeah. to actually call Major League Baseball was – it was challenging because I'd never been able to do it at that level before. I was calling Aces games, but that was superb. So, yeah, did you I love it. Off the back of that, did you try and – did you consider pushing for some yeah, inroads into commentary Did you email Vin Scully? And <laughs> or has he gone to God? He's on, yeah, he's on, he's on my the direct dial. No, I loved it. It was great. And um, I do love baseball. And the World Series, obviously, is the uh, – for those that don't know, how it works is there are two leagues, major leagues in, in the United States, the American League yeah. and the National League, and they come together. They sort of through a series of what they call the postseason playoffs with the two teams at the top of each. So the winner of each plays off in, in the, the World, World Series. And the beautiful series, thing yeah. about it is, is that uh, there are different rules depending on which league you come from. So yeah. Now what is what are the only? It's something about a something called so a pitch hitter. In the American League, you, the pitcher doesn't have to bat. In the okay. American League. So okay. that will be the situation for the Houston Astros. So traditionally, that when they play at home in this series, their pitcher doesn't have to bat and right. they have a designated hitter. So there's a player that comes in and bats in the batting lineup and the pitcher is relieved of the batting duties. In the National League, though, it's different. The, the pitcher bats. So okay. when you go and play away in – so when they go and play in Atlanta, uh, they will have to uh, – the pitchers are going to have to pick up the stick and bat. And the way that that's determined, and you'll love this, yes. is by the team – there the, in the All Star game, the National League played the American League. The team that actually wins that game gets home field advantage in the World Series. Oh, yeah, right. So it doesn't. It's not uh, influenced by where these individual teams finish well, up. I mean, no, it doesn't. It's based on that's the, already predetermined. Whoever won, I think it is the, the American All-Star. League that won it this year. So the uh, the Astros will play four four of seven games if it goes all seven. So which of those two rules do you prefer? Oh, look, I love the. Um, the World Series when the pitchers have to bat because it's such a – on my team, the Red Sox are an American League team. Is this now – so for cricket people, are we talking sort of Glenn McGrath yeah, here? Yeah, basically. So your best pitcher might but, be – But Glenn McGrath hasn't batted all season. Yeah. And, and well, then in the World Cup they, final they have, is to yeah, come out. They do have inter, inter-league play. So, I mean, the matrix of Major League Baseball fixturing is ridiculous. It's 162 – uh, uh, season games so it's a lot of ba- and you do play interleague games so you, while you will play mostly in your league you will get a series of games okay. crossing over but it, it's not as regular as, as your sort of the, your competition in league yep. um, but it is rare and pressure's on because it's you know it's a world series so you've got to go out there and, and, and try to hold your own with the bat so that makes it I think particularly as right. an American League baseball watcher mostly. So do you you prefer American League rules or Oh, it's just because the Red Sox are in the ALS. And my Mets are in the National League. Yes, that's Your right. rule's rubbish. Your rule is the <laughs> worst. Is there ever. such a thing as an all-rounder? So has there ever been a pitcher who's also a pretty good hitter? Oh yeah. Oh, over the years there have, but not anymore. It's become much more it's you know, it's Who's the Mark War of baseball? Who's the Mark War of baseball? It's more these That's days. The, it's the Gary Sobers of <laughs> It's more these days I think that a really good infield, a really good shortstop who can swing a bat. Like at the Red Sox fears it was Dustin Pedroia who was the captain. Was now shortstop is the infielder. Infielder, which like, is such like, an important position. Yeah, well it's sort of you you have it's that first line of of defence around around the bases and a really good infielder is just priceless because you know it's the agility to stop the ball getting into the outfield and for players to get on base and uh, it's a really important position and a really good uh, shortstop who can bat and and 
you know, hit 300, as they say, which is, you know, getting on base one every three hits or is a really important thing. Yeah, right. And do they still serve enormous beers at the baseball? Oh, yeah. Look, We're getting to that. I've, yeah. I've done a deep dive on the two oh, teams, Lima, on who we should go oh, for. Oh, please. Well, yeah. let's, let's hear it. Then. All right. Now, normally, yes. I decide these things uh, in the last few years in quite a way that uh, might isolate some listeners, but I don't care. Which uh, team's uh, state voted for Trump? And I go for the other one. That makes sense. But have you got a problem here? No, you don't. Because I don't. Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, yeah. So, Atla- already, Atlanta or Braves. did they? Tick. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was stolen. You're right. Hashtag stop, stop the steal. Stop the steal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I look into just I look at I look I spent two hours yesterday deep diving on the history of the teams what food is available at the stadiums Mm. what anything I could find I even spoke to a friend of the show Brian Barish our American correspondent Mm. from Philadelphia okay Houston Astros formerly called the Houston Colt 45s which I love they were the Colt 45s yeah then they realized it wasn't a great name (laughs) my god and then I got okay I looked through their website and the first thing that caught my eye Mm. Limo is and also Atlanta do this as well. But uh, there's a note on there. You can click on it. Any individual or small group, six people max, wishing to perform the national anthem prior to an Astros game yep. or God Bless America during the seventh inning must supply an MP3 file or a YouTube link of the singers performing an a cappella version. We could go over and sing the national anthem uh, uh, before. Uh, 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 we- we could send them a file. We could send them a file, but hey, no, back yourselves, Lima. We're great singers. Now I know what sort of a singer I am. The best version of a national anthem I've ever seen at a baseball game oh, yeah. was local baseball when that kid, I think it was in Adelaide, got hiccups and sang. <laughs> I haven't seen that. He sang the oh, national anthem this. through yeah. his hiccups. Oh, wow. It was just brilliant. That's commitment, and isn't he, it? He kept going. He just kept going. Yeah. Well, and so then I and it, it's the rules are uh, pieces must be performed traditionally, and it puts in brackets no lyric changes, which I don't. Think. Oh, like, who's going to do that? Who's going to lyrics? Do? Oh, say can you see what do we sing? What's a proudly we? Well, all all of that is possible. <laughs> And it also says no longer than 90 seconds because this is a big thing with the national anthem. You can, you know, how long and how short. Marvin Gaye did a really loungy, soulful version at a, I think it was a basketball all-star game. And I I listened to it yesterday. It's actually really cool. Yeah, but you know what? Get over yourself. (laughs) The national anthem is, is a team occasion. We all should be able to sing along. Yeah. And as soon as you start putting your fancy little singing tricks in there. Going a bit raga or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Start like you hold the note for too oh, long. Oh, can't you see? Come on over here, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin's got something to tell well, you. <laughs> I did such a deep. I'm, I'm starting hearing Barry White then when you were doing that. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> the big thing apparently when you sing the national anthem uh, for singers is like the uh, land of the f- Free, like the land of the yeah, free. free. That's the note that land everyone judges you on because that's the hardest note in oh, the whole song. Right, okay. And then you've got the divas that hold on to it, the land of the free. Yeah, Lady Gaga yeah. did one yeah. with that. All right, so um, yeah. what I wanted to know, what's the longest national anthem that people have done at a major sporting event? Oh, now, okay. Average length. American yeah. national anthem. Yes, American national anthem. Average length yeah. of Star Spangled Banner is 1 minute 57 seconds. Yeah. Okay, and the longest, will we know the artist? Yes, yes, yes. Because uh, there, there was someone who had the record in 2013, and then it got broken oh, three recently. years later. Three years later, yeah. Uh, so 2016, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who held the record. Yeah, first yeah. Alicia Keys, 
at the 2013 Super Bowl, and she did it for two minutes thirty six seconds. All right, she so gave I think some direction. I think she's that record's been broken by someone who you would consider a competitor of hers. No, no, oh, not like not a not around the same age. Is it like a, a Rihanna? No, not a Rihanna. Yeah. Older, older, yeah, older. Uh, Diana Ross. I want to say older, but I don't. Around that age. Around oh, that sure? age. Not sure. Tina Turner. Not Tina Turner. Dolly Parton. Keep going. You'll get there. Uh, <laughs> Kate Bush. Because this person, <laughs> this person did. I would love. I would pay a fortune to see the weirdness of Kate Bush singing at the Super Bowl. Can you imagine how many minds would be blown? Kate Bush and Bjork are going to do a duet. <laughs> that would be the best. Thing ever. <laughs> um, now we're talking. <laughs> okay. It's. Uh, Movie about her life just came out. Oh. Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin. Oh, the queen of soul. Yes. Okay, so the record was two minutes 36. What did Aretha you- Franklin, four minutes 55. Oh, God, oh. Aretha. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, that's, that's irrelevant. We could sing the national yeah. anthem for either team. Um, yeah. Now, the. Mascot for the Houston Astros is Orbit the Alien, who's a generic-looking fuzzy guy. Uh, okay, Astros, alien. And yeah, the great thing it. about Orbit the Alien is yeah. Orbit can be booked for school assemblies where he gives anti-bullying or say-no-to-drugs talks. Oh, great. <laughs> better than when they doesn't sing, talk. Better than when they used to sing Colt 45 around there. It's a <laughs> yeah. loaded gun. The kids started doing their shooter drills. <laughs> Oh, uh, so many inappropriate jokes <laughs> I just cannot say. Houston Astros <laughs> also have uh, no tailgate parties, which is I'm outraged by. And they're like Essendon, are they? Are they? Hey, <laughs> why don't they have tailgate awesome. parties? They just don't allow them in their car park. Why not? I don't what know. The, it doesn't say. Well, and Atlanta, bullshit, Atlanta <laughs> don't allow them out either, but they say purely for COVID reasons they will return. I can no, Maybe right. that's Houston's thing, but I'm not sure. Um, both stadiums allow banners, obviously, in my wheelhouse. Yeah. But both of them uh, go to great lengths to point out the banners must be baseball related. Oh, right. Yes, there's no political so commentary. If, or if, if, we go, if I go in there, I go, I've just got The Last Jedi was shit. You yeah, know yeah, that? yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. By Hillary is QAnon. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would okay. it be great though if we all went? Say you had a St Kilda one, you know, like you, you were you were protesting the the hit the post yeah. in the two thousand nine uh, yeah. grand final. You're yeah. outraged at uh, two thousand twelve. I don't know anything negative that happened. In, you know, you're, bring back Clarko. You <laughs> bring back Clarko. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I've got Livers was a goal. Yeah. Would we get thrown out? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, Houston do not allow any costumes or masks. So you're not allowed to go dressed up what? as anyone. What? what? Uh, Atlanta, you are allowed to wear costumes, but you will be subject to, quote, reasonable searches. Ooh. Re- reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> it's unreasonable, I guess. I do. Okay. <laughs> Right. Let's that's go open. find. We all have to go to a baseball game at both these stadiums. That's to open find to out. interpretation. That is. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, this sounds sounds like you know when you go to a Premier League game and you can't wear colours. Yes. Uh, some pubs, yeah, won't let you let you wear colours in the pub. But then you have do have dedicated pubs where that will you accept better be colours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you better be wearing <laughs> colours, and they better not be opposition yeah. colours. No, no, no. <laughs> 
You know, one of the most awkward uh, things I had was uh, I got I went to the 2006 World Cup and I got an Australia scarf and then it just became my scarf that I'd wear around London in the cold. And I was coming back from a gig, but I didn't realise that someone like Tottenham had played Norwich and I got on Norwich to have green and gold and I was wearing my Australia scarf <laughs> and it was all these people staring at me. And look, it's, I, was, I was standing up, so yeah. I was looking tall to these people and there was a few people just like, What's that scarf, mate? What's that scarf? And I go, it's Australia. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we don't have to belt you. All right. <laughs> uh, Atlanta give a free soft drink for the designated driver. That is a, yeah, a proven no, thing yeah. that they've got. Time of Coca-Cola. Uh, mm. Tailgating, yeah, totally unavailable to COVID. Uh, they've got a, a mascot called Blooper. The last mascot was Homer the Brave. Oh, it was fantastic. a Giants baseball. Good, na- good oh, name. Brave, yeah, Way like better it. than their last the mascot before that, who was the mildly racist Chief Knocker Homer. Oh, Chief who- Knocker Homer. Yeah, that's that sounds like uh, something out of a Billy Birmingham. Yeah, <laughs> yes, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. Like, yes, the twelfth man album from yeah. the twelfth man. But okay, what it really went down to is stadium food. This yes. is what we're talking about all yeah. summer here at uh, They Came to Play. These are the new things that you can get. This oh. is at Minute Maid Stadium with Houston Astros. Yeah, uh, surely home. this has got to be high end Mexican stuff. Surely, surely, surely this is no, it. Right. What um, have we What have we got there, Danny McGinley? Now it's asking me to, to log it. Oh, oh no. no, he's just he's just ordered three hamburgers yeah. at oh, Minute. No. Minute Maid Park by accident. Oh, God, okay. I remember while he's trying to find this, uh, Francis, I remember the first time I went to watch the Swans play at the SCG and going in there and just laughing at the fact they had sushi and noodles and stuff and I was like, what is wrong with you people? You've got no idea how to do football. So I was disgusted. You'll never win anything eating like that. Exactly. (laughs) God, God, right. God pies it. and chips, you, surely. Yeah. This is their – they, uh, at uh, a lot of baseball things, they'll have a newspaper article about what's the new food this year. This was the new one for this okay. year. The stacked nacho. Oh, here we go. All right. It's a fried tortilla loaded with yeah. beans, <sighs> salsa ranchero, cream, Ooh. pico de gallo, jalapenos, <laughs> and cilantro with your choice of pork, chicken, or – Generic meat. <laughs> I just generic meat. I it doesn't did. say generic, but it just said meat. <laughs> meat. I didn't know you spoke Spanish. See. Si. <laughs> All right. Now, which, you know, not, not bad. That impressive. sounds pretty good, but in Atlanta. Oh, here we go. Yeah, no. you've got to check this out. Soul they food, here we come. Called the Blooper Burger. Now, let me read to Now, they also have. Why um, are they big on the. What's the blooper thing? I don't know. So, the blo- a blooper in baseball is when you sort of. Um, you pop a ball up and it just sort of. Bloops out to inf- often just in front of the mound, um, and you can often get a on base if you just bloop one forward. Right. The pitcher can't get to it and can't throw it first. So, so that's what that's okay. what they call a bloop blooper. Right. Anyway, so okay. You can get that's uh, the baseball term. You can get something. You can get a smoked whole hog barbecue sandwich. Oh yeah. Uh, you can get a fried tomahawk pork chop because tomahawk is there. Yeah. Um, their logo, yep. and also Brian Barris pointed out that the fans do a thing called the tomahawk chop, which they all do sort of. It, it's like a Nazi salute, but your hand is sideways. <laughs> I guess you really got to be careful. <laughs> you, <laughs> you really do. You really, <laughs> do you know, Glasgow. I mean, you just point in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere yeah. all of a sudden you're so, doing, you, you suddenly you're a, me, you're a meme wrong. all over the world. Yeah, well, you know, Glasgow Rangers have this thing called the Red Hand of Ulster, but it's a Nazi salute. But they're claiming that they're it's the Northern Irish pride thing. My family's from Northern Ireland. It's not a thing. Yeah. You're just <laughs> oh, embarrassing yeah, yeah, yeah. yourselves. Um, now, blooper burger is their new thing. Let mm. me read to you the ingredients of a blooper burger. All right. Four cheeseburger patties. How many? Four. 
Okay. It, feel, it, it feels excessive. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've only just started. Okay. Four cheeseburger patties. Yeah. A foot long hot dog. What? Chicken tenders topped with lettuce, tomato, onion, jalapenos and cheese sauce. This can't possibly come within two bits of burger bread. There it is. There's that a photo of it. I'm going to chuck that Please. on our socials. That Has is. it got a scaffold around it to hold it up? <laughs> let, let, can I... Oh, please. Come on, hey, if we ordered that and split it between three, that, that's us not eating for a week. But yeah, how good's that look? Like it's on a square metre of <laughs> breadboard. <laughs> it's, it's got its own zip code. It's got its own plank. <laughs> and by the way, you can also get a whole buttermilk brined fried chicken. Oh, my God. Served with fries and coleslaw. You know, you need your salad. Can we get that at, at uh, Marvel Stadium next year? Oh, please, can we? <laughs> So that so um, oh. just from that the blooper burger has made me an Atlanta Braves. That is hard to top. Have you, have you, I love it. Spend a bit of time at, in baseball stadiums in the United States. And what's the best the and best worst food you've had? One for me was I spent a bit of time in San Francisco in 2006 and went to see the Giants a lot. And a beautiful day at what was being called AT and T Park was in that beautiful stand behind home plate, which looked over San Francisco Bay. You could sit there and you had the the garlic chili fries. Oh. The smell of those things yeah. you could smell in Berkeley. Now is this oh. chili? in spicy or chili yeah, as in like the bolognese no sauce spicy it was oh, you know yeah. it was magnificent and it was also at the time when you know an Australian sport the beer in the stadium is pretty shit like it's always pretty crappy <laughs> as um, opposed to now what, well, what stadium well, are you going to because it's mid, mid strength all that sort of stuff and yeah. you, you pay a fortune for it you could buy um, Sierra, Sierra Nevada on the tap back this is in 2006 yeah. thinking, what is this yeah. <laughs> real beer at sport. And, yeah, so I spent a lot of time getting fat, watching baseball. <laughs> hey, great. You could um, enjoy yeah, every moment of it, Limo. Loved I fantasise sometimes, Francis, <laughs> about if I was in America and what my life would be like if I had a football team, a baseball team, a hockey team, a basketball team. College. college and a college well. team. Replicate all that in the college system, yeah. And, and a gun. Oh, my God. I would just be... I'd be sitting here with three screens just getting fat <laughs> and going to sport all the time, wondering what happened to my marriage, <laughs> trying to remember my kids' names. As I just keep going to sporting events. Indeed. Mm. What a way to go. What a way to go. What is your, glorious. What's your go-to food at the... At the at the when when you're at the MCG because you're an MCG. When I'm at the MCG, hang on. Actually, Uh, when was the last time? It depends what's on the menu. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I just remembered you're in the president's function. As the waiter comes to me at the president's function, I. Which foie gras do I do? He's no longer turning his nose up at the sushi anymore, is <laughs> yeah, he? No. So I'll tell you what, if my steak isn't cooked properly, Danny, <laughs> I send it straight back. Because <laughs> if you ever do sit with the plebs again, I'll tell you, and this is my my gift to everyone, mm. Amy Park, where Melbourne yep. Victory play and, you know, soccer and rugby, yep. fantastic fish and chips. Yeah. For stadiums level. Like, obviously not fish and chip shop yep. good, but – Definitely the best thing on that menu, and I cannot recommend it enough. There you go. Inside, yeah, oh, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm honestly pie and chips yep. guy yeah. with a beer. It's just, oh, and it makes me feel. I like the feel of being in possession of that little and trio. The South Australian pie is a ripper. Is it the, the Belfast pie? The Belfast pie yeah, is yeah. one of my favourites. Yeah. I really, I really like the Belfast pie. Do you it's go it all at once, or do you go pie at quarter time, chips at? Uh, I'll, t- I tend to go one at a time because I hate juggling food. Exactly. And I hate putting it down where people kick it over and yeah, oh, nah. it just shits yeah. me. Yeah. You just need your you need your big you know Atlanta Braves you know Shakuta yeah. reboard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen people turn up to the football um, 
with uh, like you know like a like a shikut to read. Like they bring a cheese board and I haven't seen that, but I've seen photos seen of that. Yeah. I think I th- slightly impressed, but also a bit weirded out when someone breaks but, out the. Uh, but who's the genius? Remember the first time, and maybe you haven't seen this, but I've seen it a few times, and the first time it blew my mind. The mum who's got a thermos of boiling water that she's got hot dogs in, so she can just bring out a hot hot. Yeah, that's because hot dogs. Hot dogs are fantastic. They are shit in Australia at the at the footy. You the bread is always so stuck. because yeah. you, and it happened to me a lot in the old Waverley Park days. Cold enough out there, but because you know with a pie you can pick it up and you can feel it's warm. With a hot dog, it's got that awful bread. I say in inverted commas. Yeah, yeah. you can't. You don't know how warm that 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 meat product is, <laughs> <laughs> and you can bite into it because and it's cold. There's nothing worse than being at Arctic Park with a cold mm. hot dog while the Saints are getting beaten. That's just, yeah. your life is heading in the wrong direction in so many ways. The fact the fact that you can. Still, those hot dogs are still being sold with yeah. that shitty bread. Is testament to how forgiving we are. Yes, uh, as a nation of diners at sport, <laughs> you know, yeah. we just we just keep going back and buying it for about ten bucks a pop. If we voted with our feet twenty years ago when we should have, that bread might be fresh today. Yeah, come on, Don. Seriously, I know, I know you're listening. Come on, fresher bread. It's not that hard. It's, anyway, uh, it's just not on. Uh, now, is there anything else we have to discuss? I don't think so. Today? We're coming up to an hour here, yeah. so any other business? Nothing. Oh, there I were have. just a, we should do a quick shout out to uh, Josh. Josh Cavallo, yes, who yes, has come much. out and remarkably, he's the only openly gay soccer player currently playing professionally in the world. Yeah, and I believe did I also read he's the only professional soccer player to ever come out whilst playing. I think so. Yeah, I think that's the case. I'm trying to remember whether Justin Fashion, who, uh, who came out when he was playing at Wimbledon, he might have. He might have. But, the, it, I mean, it's very rare. But Josh is know. the first Australian male yes. team football player yeah. of any code to do it, and massive respect to him. We we interviewed him this morning on radio, and he said he was just – you could hear the joy in his voice. He was so happy because he got so much support. But he was I mean, his tweet was retweeted by the EPL. Gary Lineker. Gary well. Lineker's been in touch. He's been contacted by Liverpool as a club, at Juventus as a club. Uh, the captain of Liverpool, uh, Jordan, Jordan Henderson. Henderson, has been in touch with him. Uh, the guy who I think might be the current captain of France has been in touch. But anyway, he's had people have been in touch with him from all over the world, That's and great. he's just on cloud nine. But do you know he, he? It was announced yesterday at about three o'clock in the afternoon. I saw it pretty early, and uh, and I just went. You know, I looked at his Twitter account. He had a thousand followers, and I looked at it this morning. Twenty five k. No, he's got ninety thousand now. <laughs> Does he have ninety thousand? In fact, I'll check it again right now. Good on him. But God, it's such I, an well, and it's great. But it's such an important thing because it gives him a platform to continue to encourage other people in his circumstance to feel okay about actually uh, being who they really are. And yeah. um, and that takes a lot of courage for him. But it's wonderful that the, the people you mentioned have taken time to sort of witness their values by getting in contact in solidarity with him. And, um, yeah, totally. He'll have a great season. She's a good young player. Dates. I hope, it, I hope yeah. we oh. get a truckload of them uh, coming out. What's he's he on? 23,000 on Twitter. It's Instagram where he's up to. Uh, of course. Up there. Well, that's where the gays are. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, Danny McGee. I do know Jeremy Danny McGee. I hope Josh. Is, is, the, is, the, is the gay club in Adelaide the Mars Bar? Is that right? It's not there anymore. It used to be. Ah, well, I hope he gets free drinks there for life and I hope he hooks up with every hot. I hope he hooks up with a Hemsworth. That's what he deserves. <laughs> no, you t- I just feel like you took it in a weird direction. I thought we. <laughs> 
I thought we did a really good job of this. Fair enough. <laughs> do you know what's awkward though? He plays for Adelaide United. My temptation is to boo him, but I don't want people to think I'm homophobic. Yeah. This is just a way to, to stifle the Melbourne Victory support. <laughs> Can we? When will an AFL player finally? I hope soon. Um, feel uh, comfortable enough to. When will an AFLW I, player feel that? <laughs> I, How much are they just so ahead of I the men? I feel like Francis. The pressure it was too much, which I yeah. get which is why no one's done it so far. I suspect the first ever gay AFL player will be drafted as an already out young gay man. Oh, That's cool. a really good yeah, observation, nice. actually. Yeah. I think it'll be a you know a, a school kid who's already come out. Yeah. I and so. I suspect that won't be too far away. Yeah. Um, you know, because I've, my daughter's you know 19 years of age, and for her generation, this is not an issue. Yeah. Yep. yeah. There was a few comments of that. completely mystified that <laughs> this is even... What, yeah, what's yeah, the problem? Totally. So There's a few people going, mate, yeah, so what? Yeah, yeah just, just play footy, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, it's, it's a big deal and, and yeah, what a champion. Uh, good mm, on him and let's hope, his, uh, let's hope his football goes to the next level because that's a huge weight, as he said to us this morning on radio, huge weight off his shoulders. So perhaps it will give him some level of freedom to take his game to the next level. We wish him that, a great season ahead. Uh, indeed. Uh, Francis Leach, hey. thank you. What can we plug? Where can people... Catch your business or see what you're up oh, to. Oh, just follow me at Saint Frankly on Twitter. That's mm-hmm. where I'm sort of there, you know, scrolling into the void. Insta as well. You're on. Are you on Instagram? A little bit, but I do my best work in the Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I think it's. I think it's a generational thing, yeah, Francis. That's I where I do most of my business. As I'm well. a Facebook guy. Follow me on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I st- struggle with more. Facebook and my MySpace page is going okay too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what else have we got? LinkedIn or, I don't know. ICQ. All right, uh, Danny Beginlay, thank you. Thank you, we'll see you next week. Good fun. Go Braves. Uh, uh, Go Hawks.